Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Hello, everybody. Episode 79, Galen Trombley Show. We're here with the one and only um, champion of champions of the most appearances on the Galen Trombley Show, going strong, just extending her lead. Meg High Noon Whedon is here. Um, high Noon because we're sipping these High Noon Sun Sips, um, made famous by your favorite person on planet Earth, Davey a Day Trader Portnoy, also known as the founder, founder of Barstool Sports, so we're just the first time having it. Uh, how long have you been drinking these, Meg? Um, a couple weeks. Favorite drink by far right now? Favorite go-to? They're, uh, they're tasty. They're not full of junk. They're convenient, a little pricey, but it's like good vodka and actual juice. So, where does where do you get this? Where'd you get it again? Liquor stores. They're not because it's vodka and not like malt liquor. Have you ever had malt vinegar? Yeah. Have you? You have. So we went to a, <laughs> we went. To, sorry, just we went to Five Guys, got a burger, and I was like, "This would be great. It'd be great. I'll get vinegar to go with the French fries. It'll taste." Amazing. So they had these Heinz, it was kind of malt vinegar. I don't know the difference. So I poured it in the cup. It's not good. It's like soy sauce. Yeah. Disgusting. I was wanting like the old white vinegar, the one that you would like McSweeney's or Claire and Carl's, and you just squirt out of the clear bottle. This was, so it's not the same. So what do you say, malt liquor? Yeah, that's, that's like, you know those like hard sodas? Like there's a root beer one. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're made with malt liquor. But malt is in the in the gluten category. So you can't have malt. No. Malt vin or malt vodka. Malt what? Liquor. Malt liquor. I don't know enough about this stuff. They taste pretty good. They're on like the spectrum of like. Well, and they're not. A little different than white claws. Every everybody and their mother has a seltzer now, but these are superior in my opinion. So the other day I had this thing called. I forgot the name was. It was some like weird company. Don't know where the word company is, so the story's probably going nowhere, but it wasn't very good. So the vodka club, sodas, whatever. Favorite drink on earth is a vodka club with uh, typically Grey Goose. It can go for Tito's, but um, these are very comparable. They're good. I like White Claws. I've never really had a Truly. Not- truly make me want to die. Is there a big difference? Yes. Um, White Claws, my favorite. And this other one was not very good. I had it the other day. Never had the Bud Light ones. The Bud Light, was it, Seltzer? Mm-hmm. Never had the Bud Light Seltzer. So, High Noon, I think would take probably, it's up there. I would have to ask Matt Craig if it's better than White Claw. Cans, comparable. I'm drinking pineapple, so if White Claw comes with a pineapple, that'd be a good one. They have pineapple, grapefruit, black cherry, watermelon, and then they also, that's in like their variety pack. And then they also have lime, which are my favorite, and peach. I love lime. Not a big peach guy. Absolutely hate black cherry. Do you? Did you ever have like cherry Coke? You remember those? Yeah, I loved. I loved like Dr Pepper. Do you like Dr Pepper? I'm not a soda drinker, but yeah, if I'm if I'm hankering for some bubbles and some fake sugar, 
Dr. Pepper me up. Really? Or root beer. Is doc- Dr. Pepper's cherry though, right? No. A lot of people say, I guess it has a cherry flavor naturally to it. Not naturally, but. It's so disgusting. I don't like that. I don't like black cherry. don't like uh, just cherry. Cherries and ice cream. Get out of here with that weak stuff. I don't like that. Um, you, used to, you used to sling ice cream, right? Yeah, I did. Did uh, did you did you like the cherry on the ice cream? Um, not as a kid, but it grew on me. Okay, Meg, Meg, real talk. How many years did you sling ice cream? Um, what age to what age, roughly? High school? Well, you had to be what, fourteen. They sold it when I was seventeen, but I don't remember how old I was when they bought it. I don't know. They bought it when you were young, right? Yeah, let's say I was like five, six. So when did you start working at 14? When you get the working papers? Yeah, I mean, I did dishes in the back when I was younger, but... That's fair enough. Did, yeah. did uh So, but did you... So about four years, three years? For my parents, yes. And then I still worked for Jerry and Lisa when they bought it. Oh, so you stayed on? Yeah. So you were, you were what, five, six, seven, eight years? Consistently, I would say like four or five. Oh, good. I didn't work like I wasn't on the schedule regularly when my parents had it. Um, we, I, I did it. I always tell people I did two jobs in my life: ice cream and real estate, and that was it. And I ended up doing ice cream. I liked. I actually, I liked it because I got I got really good at it towards the end. Like I liked being like like making them look cool. Um, but we had black cherry, and there was cherries, and they're just they just grossed me out. I actually. We had black cherry flavor burst, and I really liked it. Yeah, flavor burst. That's just like artificial. I'm just a straight up. Give me a vanilla. Give me a vanilla cone, vanilla ice cream, unless you're doing cookies and cream, hard ice cream. You're you, the most vanilla person on the planet. Are you mo- more soft or hard ice cream? Um, taste bud wise or belly wise? <laughs> taste wise, normal person wise. Uh, normal person. Is there a difference? I don't it's know. Dairy. I think I like hard ice cream better, which is like a sin for the North Country. No, I, I'm same. I like hard ice cream much better. I, li- I like uh, good old cookies and cream, but I don't like, uh, what would we just say? Soft ice cream? Like I, so- I like a good soft ice cream. Vanilla, though. I mean... Can deal with twist. I hate, va- I hate chocolate ice cream. I've never been a chocolate fan. Again. Chocolate cake, you're yes. You're a vanilla person. Chocolate cake, <laughs> yes. Chocolate frosting, absolutely no way. What? Regular chocolate, good. I do like a good like chocolate bar. Dark chocolate, almond chocolate, or milk chocolate, light chocolate, white chocolate, cookies and cream chocolate. It's all good stuff. <laughs> um, so, so the other day, this sounds, does your mic sound weird or does my mic sound weird? I don't know. You're the one that does this every day. I think it sounds, so the other day I was, we were doing a little photo shoot and there was a drone flying and we were down by the boat basin. And when I was talking, it was the weirdest thing because I was talking and it sounded like I was like in a bubble mm-hmm. and it sounded like a vortex and it sounded like it was pl- the music or the sound was coming back, but it sounded really weird. Like it was like almost robotic, but I mean, it was like right in that certain center and there was a drone going. So like looking at the drone and standing there, had a weird, weird talk. And then I, I like left this circle and it was gone, but you like went back in. And it was this really annoying sound to the point where I was like, do you guys hear that? And like, No. What are you talking about? You sound fine. And I'm like, everything I was saying was really echoey, and everything they were saying was perfectly clear. I mean, I do hear a little echo, but... And we were like 15 feet away, and that was the echo. So that's how crazy it was. And as soon as you stepped out, it stopped, which was the weirdest thing. So I'm not really sure exactly what the sound was coming from, um, but it did... Uh, 
it was weird. It was weird to a point where I thought something was going on in my head. I'm like, is my life going to be just like, am I going to be hearing this sound for the rest of my life? And it really got me thinking. And then it was fine. And I stepped out of the circle, which is weird. I know it's a weird story, but it was, it was a drone and it had like, I don't know if it, what it was. It was just bouncing off like sonar or because I was talking, it was picking it up and shooting it out. I don't know. Don't know enough about drones. Um, do you want to get my license, my drone license pilot or my pilot license so I can fly drones around? What about a regular pilot license? To fly? Yeah. All right. So this, I found out the other day. I still, so, okay. Somebody I know locally, um, flies planes. They told me I can basically charter a, f- a small plane, very reasonably priced. I thought it was going to be much more um, to go up for like an hour and just kind of whip around. So then I was like, how far can I go? And they said, well, you can probably like fly down to like New York City and back in a day. And it probably would cost you under $1,000 to fly like your own plane down and own plane back. Smaller plane. Um, I definitely want to do it. Um, I mentioned it to my wife and she said, absolutely not. So I think she thinks I'm going to crash. So we'll see. We'll see if I actually am able to go up into the plane and do this. Would I get my pilot's license? I would like to. I thought you had to be, you couldn't if you were colorblind, but the guy I was talking to said that's not necessarily a, what? Yeah. He said he thinks there's some pilots that are colorblind. Why? Because you can't, you're supposed to see like the green and red lights. I have trouble with green and red lights. Like actually seeing the lights. So I know that green is on the bottom and red's at the top. So there's times I can't see the difference. Also, if I'm going down and there's a red light and a yellow or a red light and a yellow light, sometimes I have a hard time distinguishing them. If they change quick, I'm not paying attention. Like if I like look up, see it's green, I kind of put my head down and driving, all of a sudden I look up. I don't know if it went yellow, red, or if it's still in yellow, and I'm like getting ready to go. Also, blinking red, blinking yellow, I gotta look for stop signs. Because otherwise, I go flying through. I've done it before. Uh, luckily, nothing happened, but it's a real thing. Color blindness when driving. So, when you're obviously operating like a machinery and you have like yeah. flying people, they want you to be like, ah, hey, you can get your license, you can drive yourself, but don't be driving other people if you can't see the lights. Now, that's interesting. I get by. The other thing was, a friend of mine got me those colorblind sunglasses. So I'm like, everybody's like, oh, you're going to like put them on. Your world's going to be changed. You're going to like tear up. Because I've seen all these videos. I'm like, oh, okay. So I get, I'm getting there. I get them. Sends them to me as a gift. Open them up. It took me like a week to try them out because we were trying to get it on video. There was no point. I was actually home during the daytime to do it where it was like I could go. Gene, Gene could go out and actually film me. So I'm sitting there. Finally, we do it on a Saturday. I put on the glasses. And now we're like, we're filming it. Like this is going to be like this big like. A moment i'm gonna like tear up i'm gonna see all these beautiful colors i've never seen before i literally put the sunglasses on and like look around and i was so disappointed because it like it i was thinking that if i put these glasses on my world would be turned upside down like the sky my blue you'd be like the wizard of oz yeah so you'd be like <laughs> oh the sky is blue and i'm like oh, i know it's great and then i put the glasses on and now the sky is like pink and i'm like what the heck happened because my colors are different so like our blues are blues in our own mind not necessarily the same tone or same same yeah blue so i was like partially worried that i would turn these on and my whole world would be like inverted and all these weird colors we do kindergarten <laughs> yeah so i was like my like that would have been such a mind trip so then i put them on the only thing that happened was certain things kind of darkened up slightly or came more vibrant but it was also like you know when you put sunglasses on and sunglasses kind of distorts the view because they have like a shade on on the sunglasses that's pretty much all it did 
So there was nothing that I looked at them like, did it really change or did it just look brighter because of the lens itself? Because I put sunglasses on and kind of does the same effect. Were they just basically polarized sunglasses? No, these were actually like the colorblind and chroma glasses. Oh. I was so disappointed. And like I literally was sitting there and I'm like, everything looks normal. Like it, nothing looked different, nothing orange. I looked at one thing that was orange and it was slightly more like it went from like a dull orange to like, yeah, that's definitely orange. But that was it. And, like, my colors aren't far off of everybody else's colors. They're just kind of more dull. So, like, blues and purples kind of look more the same because you're not as... Like, if you want a spectrum of blue to purple, people see, like, blue or purple. I see, like, more middle. So, like, they kind of get a little more dull. So, it's almost like when you're going on a color wheel and you start to go to those colors that are in the middle that could go either way. That's, like, what I see in my life all the time. It's, like, a bright blue. which could be a purple. You never know. So, very disappointed in that. Could have been way cooler i would have actually cried to see better colors I, I was totally okay with crying just to prove that i could like wow i could see real colors didn't disappointed um for the gram. i was doing it i was doing it for the gram and i got zero content out of it if anything <laughs> it looked bad it was like i should i should just sent it to like end chrome and be like oh by the way this is my reaction like i was very disappointed um and then of course they tell you so i took the test i took the test with no glasses on with the circle test with the dots got a bunch of them wrong Put the circle test with the glasses back on. It really only improved like three of like the 20-something dots they looked at. So I was like, you would think if I put the glasses on, it should work. But then it says in a disclaimer, this will not help you pass like a colorblind test. It like says something on that. I'm like, what? If it's supposed to help you see colors, then technically you should be able to see all those colorblind tests without a problem. But also, technically it did improve. And that's probably what they claim. I'm sure if I put like regular sunglasses on, it would improve things slightly too. I was disappointed. Wasn't there, didn't it? I was just, I was a little upset. Let's just say that. Disappointed. Not really upset. Just disappointed. We expected more out of Enchroma. <laughs> I, I, maybe other people have better results. I did not. Um, I'm okay. I'm okay seeing color. So I'm fine with Are the way okay? I am. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I'll get, I'll get by. Um, so, Meg, give us an update. You haven't been on. So what people don't know is meg has not been on this podcast since before covid Mm -hmm. and she's done a lot (laughs) over covid mostly just tearing up her house um meg give us give us some of your diy because we talked to ellie yesterday and we had some good conversations ellie had a very um she did something in regards to electrical which seemed very unsafe but she's alive still and her house isn't burnt down so give us kind of an update on all your Good, bad DIY projects from the last four months because you've had plenty of time just to stare at walls and then take walls down and just yeah. go from there. Okay, so I Can you can't. do them in order too? Yeah. Well, okay. do you want like house ever or do you want just COVID? Nah, just give us the COVID. Okay. We only have so much time. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> um, two weeks into quarantine, I was losing my fucking mind (laughs) i couldn't sit there any longer um so there was like now i'm gonna tell the story and maybe some of you will be disgusted and maybe there's only two people listening anyway so that's okay but you probably get 15 downloads of this maybe but so there's just like so my kitchen had very old metal cabinets. I have no idea when they were installed, but the first thing I saw in them when I moved into the house, when I bought it, was a very, 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 very dead mouse in a trap that was just like, it had been there for a while. 
So anywho, so the cabinets had like a must to them, if you will. And then every time I would open my cabinet to get a plate or cup, which is supposed to be clean, and I'd have this must smell. And like I bleached the hell out of these. I did everything I could to keep them clean. But so every time I would open them, I would just see this mouse again. And I was like, you know, this is gross. You just left the mouse there? No, I got the mouse out of there, cleaned the hell out of all the cabinets. But they're just old metal cabinets and they just smelled musty. So in in March, we never got, usually we get like a four foot dump for St. Patrick's Day. And we didn't this year. So everything started to thaw out pretty soon. And then like the must intensified. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm over this. And I called my dad and I was like, hey, you want to wrap my kitchen out? Because he was, my dad's the same way. He get, he can't sit still either. So he was bored out of his mind. He's like, yeah, sure. So like two days later, dad's over at the house. We're ripping shit out. Got a, got a big container from Casella. Shout out. Um, and Ellie and John came over to help with some demo. And we got all the cabinets out of there. And we smashed some walls. And it was a good old time. Um, so anyway, redid the kitchen. And that went actually really well i got most of it done that week between dad and i just after work um but i painted my tile floor there's new paint programs out there that have like an enamel that hardens over time so it doesn't scratch up um and you have to let that cure for like a week before you can get on it and do things so that took the longest but anywho so i redid the kitchen and in the meantime i had paneling in my dining room which i was just gonna skim coat because I didn't really want to get into it. And I had wainscoting over the paneling. And I was really tired of the wainscot because it just looked old and whatever. So anywho, I ripped all that off myself and then was going to skim coat underneath the ridges and the paneling, which were also on the top. And there were like probably five layers of wallpaper too. So then you get all the glue and stuff. So anyway, they're just really uneven. But then dad came over and he got a little crowbar happy and then eventually all the paneling was taken down and we went down to the plaster and lath and you can't just leave that. So took that out that was a mess. And then um, my house is so old that the studs are not necessarily all 16 on center. Some are 10, some are 24, some are 18, some are 16. You never really know what you're going to get. And between the studs was concrete, thick, solid concrete in between every stud in my house. So we weren't going to get into that either. So we ended up reframing new walls, exterior walls on the inside of the existing walls, insulating those. And then I got drywall up last week. And in the meantime, my plan was to build like a, a storage bench of sorts to be one seat one side of the seating of the dining room table, which I'm still going to do. Brief pause. Dad went down into the basement to shut the electricity off to move the baseboards away when we were taking the walls down, and he discovered that there was a bunch of sewage backed up into my basement. So, in hindsight, I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, my cabinets probably had the musty smell because it was the only opening along the pipes to my basement and it would make sense that I would really only smell it when I opened the cabinets 
So then I realized it probably happened over the winter time, and I didn't notice when it happened because I don't go in, in my basement's like a it's more than a crawl space but it's dirt floor nasty spiders everywhere gross awfulness um but so dad found that I realized it probably happened a long time ago called good old PM Leary restoration they came over to the house dealt with my insurance company they've been fabulous and they Cleaned out my basement, which was cool. Got another container from Casella. Shout out my boss, Bill. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Bill. Friend of the show. <laughs> and then um, I just had it. I just had the drain snaked last night. They have like this cool machine, and it's basically like I imagine it like a, a blade and a blender, but on the end of a snake, like a metal snake. And they send it down into the pipe, so it just cuts up everything it goes through. And he, I don't know how long the sections were, but it took him four sections. And then he pulls it back out, and it. we concluded, based on the junk that got pulled out by the snake, that I had roots growing into my pipes. And so I was horrified that I might be out on the streets, because that's not a cheap project. So pause on everything else, but Roto-Rooter and PM Leary did a fabulous job, and they don't think it's going to cost me that much because we think that we can fit a 4-inch PVC pipe on the inside of my pre-existing 6-inch pipe, which is either collapsed or just has trees going into it, which, I mean, we pulled out, but the guy's like, yeah, they'll, they'll be back in six months if you don't do something about it. And I wouldn't want to do something about it in the middle of the wintertime. So long story short, I have a new kitchen. I have a, let's say, 70, maybe 65% done dining room. Um, I have a cleaned, poop-free basement. And I will soon have a new sewage line. And they're going to fix a leak in my hot water tank for me. And then soon to come, hopefully finishing the dining room, and then I need a new roof on my garage as well. So 2020 has been the year. That's great. Um, <laughs> so you guys should all buy a home because... <laughs> no, I, so like, I think it's always funny when people go buy a home. Like a home's great and everything else, but you do actually have to like keep your home up, you know, and keep, every, keep at it. Um, I have two examples of this. We have our, our main house and we completely changed over all the um, heating system in it last year, which was a big project. Um, so that was good when that was done. It made a world of a difference. And then we just got done putting a roof on our house. Um, I always say I carried the or held the dummy end of the ruler because I was just kind of more like bringing stuff up. The guy that did the roof for us did an incredible job. So I was just more of kind of hand, uh, just kind of handed them stuff, running up the shingles, laying stuff out, you know, helping cut a couple things here and there, basic stuff. But you're always going to be doing work to a house. Um, and sometimes it's hard to get um, either time to do work or get people up there. Uh, right now I'm finding that out with uh, one of my apartments. It's been difficult. Um, but it's, it's one of those, if you're buying a home, you just got to know going into it that you're always going to have to upkeep it. And I think that's something that I've noticed some people are good at. I find that some people are unrealistic at that. They expect that their home is just going to like look good and always be good. 
and or people have to like keep it up for you and that's not the case unless you're renting um, so obviously if you own the property it is on you the homeowner so um, that's good Meg's getting a little down and dirty she got some stuff uh, learned some stuff too you learn a little bit that's learning lots that, that's kind of the fun thing is you get to learn some stuff as you're going along and just kind of I've accumulated quite a bit of tools over the last handful of years which has been great and it's kind of nice when you have like a little project and like I go down in my workshop area um, and I have the either the tools or the stuff there because that makes me feel super happy they don't have to make a trip to a hardware store to get it um, because every time I go to a hardware store I'm getting better though I used to go multiple times for one thing now I've gotten better so instead of going back two or three times and going to the old return counter um, I can just kind of walk out of there held head held high that I got all the right parts so if you're a weekend warrior like myself or I would say a couple time a year warrior um, we make those mistakes quite often um, also Meg updating everybody what is also your title new title now that you were bestowed on, um, what, probably in June, July? What are you, what are you oh, officially? I'm the new El Presidente of Adirondack Young Professionals. And Meg, what is Adirondack Young Professionals? So all the people that are listening to <laughs> this who do not go to it, that should be going to it, I'm not, I'm not even at the point yet where we're going to start naming people and calling you out, but for people that are not, are not going, please give them an update on what they should be doing. Um, so ADKYP is a group of individuals in the community here around the Adirondack Coast slash Plattsburgh um, who get together to network, um, meet some business acquaintances, just friends. We try and do some community service um, and this year we're going to try and um, do what I'm calling professional development and just having um, educational opportunities for our members. Um, but yeah, we don't discriminate. There's no age limit. People think they're too old. Um, but it's all about how old you feel. If you want to meet young people in the, in the neighborhood, come on out. Um, yeah, we're not super businessy. We're all awkward. We're all just trying to, you know, learn how to give our elevator pitches or whatever. So, I mean, it basically goes from... I'd say 19, 18, 19, 20 years old, you know, somewhere in college area up to, um, I would say normally around 40. Yeah. But I would say um, there is, we've had people go that are older than 40 mm -hmm. that show up and, and it's always fun. I think it's just more of like a smaller version of like business after hours, but it's geared more towards the younger crowd. Yeah. Um, really cool. A lot of good people. Um, what is some events that you guys have done this year or have planned coming up potentially hashtag COVID life? Yeah, this year's been tough. Um, we were trying to do some online networking, of course, on Zoom. Um, we really didn't get a whole lot of people. We tried changing the times. We tried doing multiple different times. We tried giving themes. And um, I think at the end of the day, people were working so much via Zoom. It wasn't like exciting to them to get on yet another one even if it was different people it's not quite the same um so the, the hard thing about networking on zoom 
is really only one person can talk. Exactly. So like when you go to like a networking event, like you and I can talk and then I can turn and talk to somebody different and you can talk to someone different and then nobody's, you're always talking. Yeah. Zoom, it's kind of like who's the loudest person in the group and then you just kind of listen to that person talk and then it's usually a conversation of probably like four people and there's 15 people on the call just watching. Um, at least that's what most of the Zoom chats were like unless it was structured where everybody had turned to speak. My, my COVID, like back in COVID life, um, the weirdest thing was like the first month I kind of like totally checked out, like didn't, besides groceries, I didn't go anywhere. I hung out, like I had no problem like at night doing stuff, but then it got to the point where like it started to get semi like normal and you started to get into a better, better rhythm and I just couldn't get anything done. Like yeah. that like fun stuff. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is like kind of odd, but it'll give me an excuse to just like hang out and almost have like a staycation and not do anything. Cause I, I very rarely like just turn off. Like I'm always like on or doing something or running around or whatever. So I just thought it'd be like a nice mental break and it never really happened. I had like a little bit here and there and a couple nights I was able to kind of chill. So that was fun. And then I like, I did Skype with a couple buddies and a couple uh, high school friends and a couple local buddies around town. That was fun. But the same thing, like everybody started to get like, I think as COVID went further, people got more kind of normal and I think everybody's kind of work got more, yeah. People took on more work because they got used to like, and things started to kind of lighten up slightly. So I found COVID was like really good at times. And then certain things I was like, oh, I wish I would have done this much, like a lot more given the time. And I never did. That's one of my biggest worries is that, you know, when you go to school and you always knew you had like summer vacation and you're like, great, I got like two to two and a half months of like nothing where I can just do whatever I want. Now, as a kid, it's like, do whatever you want is like, you know, I don't know, watch TV or hang out. But I always want to like have like a one month where I can like get to that. Like for me, it's like December or something where I can like get to a time where it's kind of chill and it's not like I'm working, but I don't have to like run around and it's not like my phone's not completely going crazy all day long and I can kind of have a couple weeks just to like decompress. I like this is like the weirdest time because we got back and I was like trying to do as much as I could over COVID with like limited as like what we could actually do. And then finally when everything opened back up, it was like, like everything just went crazy. And that has been almost what, seven weeks now. And I don't think I've like stopped in seven weeks. It's just been like absolutely nuts. Weekends have been nuts. Everything's just been nuts. Like night, getting home late, like just a bunch of stuff. So um, I kind of want to get back to doing like little fun things like I tried to play the guitar. Well, I did for like a month and then I haven't touched it in a month. And it's just like frustrating because I started stuff and I got in rhythm and then dropped. And then I was reading. I'm still reading a book. I started this book, middle of COVID. I have like 170 pages left. It's a 600 page book. It's pretty long. Haven't finished it yet. I haven't touched it in like four weeks or five weeks, three weeks, three, four weeks. So random stuff like that. I did golf though a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I might have shot the best round in the last five years the other day, which was pretty good. Um, I Golf's weird. I did really well. Went yesterday morning. I was like, okay, figure this out. I'm going to be good. Going get, to get up on the first tee of playing Bluff Point. Went up, hit a great shot. Hit my next one like on the edge of the green. Chipped up, putt, par, next hole. Roped like a beautiful like long iron. I forgot what I hit. Down the fairway hit this nice little fade over the tree like i was like knew what i was doing on the edge chipped up putt par i'm like i'm doing great get off hit a decent tee shot 
behind the tree, ball below my feet. Of course, I top it. Long story short, double bogey that, feeling great. <laughs> Get up on the par five, drive it over, take a drive. Like, just like wheels came off very fast. Um, I think I broke 45, but wheels came off fast. Not good. So I got to get back into playing golf. Um, you're playing golf tomorrow, right? Yep. F- first one of the year. Um, how many rounds you played this year? Um, I've been to the range three times, and then Tuesday night I went out with some coworkers and played a nine scramble just to hit a round before the tournament tomorrow. When is you said the Chambers playing this year? Yeah, it's in September. Hold on. Do we have a date on that? Because I want to play that again. That's a fun event. At least last year was fun. Is this like set in stone? September 25th. That's like definite? Yeah. What, what day of the week? Friday. Ooh. Can you text me that real quick? Yes. Because I want to reach out. Did, are they taking like apps for that? Probably kind of early for it. I mean, they sent out an email, I think. Did they? I get all their emails. I missed that. Last year, I played with um, Andy Lamonto. Good, pretty good golfer. Golf with him yesterday. Aaron Benner, not a good golfer. Shows a lot of heart. And Chris Boyer, same boat. Doesn't play a lot of golf. Fun guy to be around. So we had like a fun group last year. We were talking about last year, I remember for that tournament. Remember it poured down rain? Mm-hmm. And I remember standing on number 11 we have a really good video. We're driving through the storm. It is pouring down rain. When I'm saying pouring, like almost non-visible. You can't even see the hole. And we're out there. And everybody is soaked. We don't care. Of course, you're on like hole 11. You've been playing like we I think we start on hole one, actually. And, uh, you know, we, we we were basically in a very carefree zone at, at, at by, by the 11th hole. So we had a blast. But it was really wet. A lot of fun. Uh, got better. Hung out. A lot of good people. Great group. Didn't play well. That's okay. We don't. We come for the fun. As Matt Craig would say, ninety percent fun, ten percent golf, uh, for a good cause. So that was that was a good time. Um, what else was I going to ask you about? Um, I had a list. I literally had a mental list. I don't write it down because if I write something down, I never forget it. But if I don't write it down, chances I forget it are very, 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 very strong. Um, what was it? Wow. Okay. Too much. Too much dead time. Um, Meg, do you have any topic you want to talk about? Um, this will come back to me. I literally had it in the tip of my tongue, and then we started talking about golf, and then I, I I lost it. Oh, I was actually I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and the volume of mine. No, I because okay. So for y'all listening, do you actually a little... listen to our podcast? Do you listen to Realty Talk? <laughs> I listened to your little blips of it on Instagram. Oh, there we go. True fan. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Actually, most people that come on and say, hey, have you listened to this? They're like, uh, not really. So great. I think if I understood the ins and outs of real estate a little bit more, then I would find it more intriguing. But this is just normal guests. Like, they come on and be like, have you like, hey, Matt. Like, Matt, Matt Boyer came on. He's like, uh, I know I've you. I've listened to this. He, he's like, Alan Trombley show. Yeah, that's what Matt. Yeah, yeah. But not you and Ellie. Oh, that's fine. You see enough of us, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're you're enough. You're here enough. I don't so, listen, I'm not like an every episode listener, but if I know the person. So so last like four people I had, they're like, no, I've actually never listened to this. That's fine. No, just just do it. We're just expanding audiences everywhere. I actually emailed somebody today. It's fine. Super pumped. Hope Elon's they crying. hope they come on. I I also uh, I had I think I sent out like 
I sent out like four or five people messages. I'm trying to get stuff scheduled. I have some decent ones coming on. I just swing for the fences. I just ask random people. So go ahead. Decent one, ones coming, but not here right now. Not here right now. We got the, um, we got, we got the best for episode 79. <laughs> um, but no, so there's a little control here. And when we get out of hand, a.k.a. have too much wine, like our first episode, um, Galen has his little controls with the volume. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday. And these people would go from like a whisper to like full on screaming to the point where I'm sure she tried to edit it a little bit, but like I, so I listen to podcasts when I travel for work and I literally all day on my steering wheel was volume up, volume down, volume up, volume down. It's like a highly produced podcast. Yes. Okay. So it's not like a Joe Schmo, like Gail and Tombley show editing. Okay. No, it's a, it's a, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dave. Um, it's a bar stool. Oh, that's all right. Well, yeah. they, they could be better. We've, uh, I think we do pretty well for being low budget. Jordy mixes <laughs> it. Jordy is not a, not a uh, production mixer or anything. She's totally self-taught. Yes, you are, Jordy. Um, you are in our hearts, Jordy. Um, and then I do not know much. I know very little. The first podcast I ever did was me and Matt Craig, and I was actually recording it and just playing with the buttons while we were talking. It sounds okay. Mm-hmm. I looked today. Matt Craig, as the number one episode, is still in the top 10 all-time downloads yeah pretty good pretty good um also only one of two galen trombley shows it's in the top 10 me and ellie hold eight of the top rankings of realty talk wow so that that's another fun fact come on friends no the question the thing i was going to say is did you hear that the office has another podcast another one hosted by can you guess jim character from the office jim wrong Give you two more guesses, and then we'll just cut it off. Stanley. That would be funny, but no. Creed. Someone said he was starting a podcast. Was well, not him. Okay. It's hosted by our favorite, Mister um, Brian Bumgarner, also known as Kevin. Kevin. So Kevin's hosting that was it. Gonna, uh, I was gonna say Kevin, but then I was like, uh, so, Creed would be more entertaining. But he's hosting a podcast that I guess I've heard, have not listened to the whole thing yet. I just downloaded it. I think it's called Oral History of the Office, and basically. It is a deeper dive into the office. So, okay, because office ladies. Yes, it's getting a little like I stopped listening after maybe six episodes because it's a little too much for me. They just they don't talk about things that like they'll start talking about an episode and then they'll be like, oh, at nine minutes and twenty two seconds, so and so does this, and it was so funny, and then they tangent off into like that so and so's career and his wife and these people all these producers and nobody has any idea who the hell they're talking about and it kind of pisses me off yeah and and i can only take uh, so much of um angela kinsley she's just a lot like she's like a very there's a she's a lot she's a lot to take on i love jenna fisher but so whatever i haven't listened to that i still have it probably not gonna listen to it but brian bumgardner i heard is really good because i think he actually like deep dives into behind the scenes stuff that people don't really know about which I think is more entertaining. Like he stays more on on yeah. script. Ooh, I'm excited. And there's so it's called the oral history. I think there's there's there, four episodes and like the intro. So what is it about three episodes right now? What are they about an hour? Four. Um. Okay. So 34 minutes, 40 minutes, 42 minutes. Easy. 41 minutes. I like them when they're an hour. Yeah, but you can bang out two in like a trip. 
Not necessarily because I lose service um, in a lot of my travel for work. You got to download it when you go and you hit play next. Yeah, that's what I've been I doing. I go through, usually when I'm like going to Timbuktu, I play one, have it downloaded, unless I'm listening to like a Rogan podcast, which I know will get me around around the block a few times. I'll, I'll download it, download a second one, download usually a third one depending on time, and that usually gets me to where I got to go. Honestly, I there's a podcast I listen to regularly that's been kind of hit or miss with the consistency on producing episodes. So there's not like, so example, this podcast comes out every Wednesday. Like it seems like every podcast on the planet comes out on Wednesdays. Um, and then I typically do the most travel for work every Thursday. So it just works out nicely. And typically I would listen to like office ladies on the way up and then something else on the way back down home and it'd work out great. But Ellie and I got, uh, subscription to masterclass are you still doing that yes and so i'll download those so that's like it's usually like 15 lessons which can be two minutes or 15 minutes depending on the topic so i'll just download all those in my house before i go and usually are they video or they they're video um but so i download them and i still plug them into my phone like i do a podcast and i just turn my little phone holder thing sideways so like Obviously not safe to like watch TV while driving, but you know. Which ones have you watched? Um, the first one I, I watched... wanted. I kind of wanted to do this, but is it is it actually legit? Because this is what happened last year. Um, and actually, I had this debate with Jared Burns the other day. Um, so basically, what happened is last year, me and him both got suckered in. We paid like twelve dollars to get this Tiger Woods freaking like like master class basically and it was just like golf whatever golf.com or golf digest it was like 15 episodes 12 episodes they come out every, it was like every wednesday kind of thing again so you're like pumped first one comes out great and it's like 10 minutes you're like okay I'm like be pretty good then the next one like all right that was the intro now i'm going to teach you like i'm going to start from t down to green so he's like i'm going to do the drive like, okay awesome this would be great he didn't talk about anything like he just like talked about like yeah you know you just got to you got to be like a really good driver of the golf ball. You know, being a good driver of the golf ball and hitting it long, like really helped me in my career. And that was it. It was like he was talking about stuff, but it was nothing specific. So yeah. we thought we were going to go in and be like, okay, this is how I, this is what I go to for a high shot. This is what I go for a low draw. This is what I want, or a low shot. When I want to draw it, when I want to, you know, uh, fade it. All these things that you, th- I thought he was going to do. And he ba- barely said anything in regards to anything usable. So everything was just him talking. So then I like, this is the dumbest thing. So then supposedly they were coming out with like a season two thing. And me and Jared were like, we're not going to, like, that's dumb. And we're like, man, we'll probably both still pay it because we just want to see something. Yeah. But it's it's one, he probably made a ton of money, but it was very, like, if it's a true masterclass, I love when masterclass people actually come through and say something that you can apply yeah. versus just talking about their experience in very general terms. I'm like, okay, well, I could have read that or I'd know that just knowing the person but I like when masterclass people say say they're talking about like film because I know they have a couple on film you see on the commercials and they actually talk about like how to shoot certain uh, images but like specific like how to do it not I like shooting wide shots and like okay great and like that's it that's the lesson I'm like well you know shoot wide shots to get wider angles and like it's just a lot of times you just say very basic stuff that I'm like why did we even waste our time watching this because you didn't learn anything yeah so Masterclass, it depends. I've watched three so far. 
one the first one i watched was bob Iger, and he's the ceo of disney and i just thought that one was a cool one to get into now the ceo of disney and megan whedon sales rep for casella don't have many things in common however i could still take certain things away from what he said basically just about leadership style in general and like managing a kind of creative field and i that one i kind of listened more for like adkyp purposes so did i learn anything specific from him no did i hear cool stories about disney and their history that i didn't know yes did i gain something for leadership style specifically in managing and leading a group of creative minds yes and then the next one I listened to was Chris Voss, um, and he was an FBI negotiator. So that one was super cool. The only thing with that one is when I listened to it, I was having a particularly not great day at work. Um, so I was kind of like in the back of my mind, just like I was listening to it, but I wasn't listening. Like it was just there. Mm-hmm. And his was, his was something that you could literally take every single thing he said as something you could put into your day-to-day and how to negotiate with people based on like your tone of voice obviously we all know that um asking questions but not asking questions in a way to be threatening because this guy used to talk down hostage negotiations so um but anywho so i'm going to re-listen to that one because i wasn't focused enough when i was listening although it was very interesting and then the last oh wait I listened to a marketing one. Jeff Goodby and Rich Silverstein. They are the Got Milk guys. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to theirs. That one was actually, it was fun to listen to. They're, they're like funny. And like, I don't, I don't really like do Like creative minds? Yeah. I, I don't do well, Got much marketing kind of like myself, but like, I thought it was just like interesting. They were kind of the first ones on a major scale to do like comedy based marketing when they used to do their commercials. And, like, I mean, they show the commercials, and obviously now they're, like, super outdated, but the the message still carries, which I think is interesting. Um, And then I just recently listened to um, Sarah Blakely, who is the um, inventor of Spanx, um, which... The woman's undergarment? Yes. Um, And hers, again, she's very specifically talking about inventing a product and going to manufacturers and working with them and to find what you want. I'm not an inventor. God, I would love to be, but I don't have any cool ideas. But so I can still, I don't know, I collectively, I think you can still take something away from all of them. Some are more hands-on specific, like the negotiation guy gave you literally all the tools you could possibly need walking into a negotiation. Disney, you know, at the end of the day, it was a cool story. So either way, I'm, I'm very happy with my purchase of Masterclass. Um, Ellie and I got like a two-for-one deal and then split the one. So, um, I, I watched him one the other day. Not Masterclass. Haven't bought it yet. But there was this – I think it's a PBS story. I want to watch it. I haven't watched the whole thing. Maybe like a Friday night or Saturday night I'll try to watch it. But it's, it was on Jeff Bezos, kind of like from yeah. him now from beginning to start. Mm-hmm. It's so cool 
One of the things I'm fascinated by, and I've said it before, and I got a couple books I want to get into. I will once I get past this other book that's taken me two months to read, is I like when you look at successful people or high achieving people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like working back and seeing the full storyline. Yeah. And I find that fascinating. So there's a few that I have over there that I really are interested in. So like Shoe Dog I've listened to, which is about Phil Knight. Phil Knight's the founder of Nike. One of the coolest things, I think I've said it before, is he basically starts off, it's a pretty long book, it's probably like 13 hours, but you listen to it and he starts off and he's just kind of like this kid and he's young, he was probably in his 20, early 20s and he started selling Japanese running shoes at the back of his car at like running competitions and like that's Phil Knight, like oh there's little Phil, like, and that's what he was like joking around, like I had all these things, I had to buy all this product, like first like what you would think of a person starting up a shop, like I had this, I had to buy the shoes and I'd make sure the prototypes were good and I'd make sure I had enough shoes and then I had to make sure I had a place to put the shoes and then nobody was buying shoes and like all these growing pains that every entrepreneur faces. So fast forward, he starts to gain some traction. He starts to gain some traction. He keeps doing it, keeps doing it, living in his parents' basement and like then he works out of the garage and all this stuff, like what you would what you would think. And it kept going and it's like how he grew and then how he named Nike is named after the Greek goddess of of Greek goddess of something names Nike. It's actually that's that's why it was named after that. So I don't know where the swoosh was. He mentioned it. I forgot what it was though. But so he does this whole thing. And what's crazy about it? The whole time you're kind of listening to this guy and like that's really cool. And the, the two things that kind of stuck out to me was and why the book was pretty well done is they did the whole story on Phil Knight, but they talked about Phil Knight the person and how he built it up as a person into this company. They didn't really go into the fanfare and everything else of Phil Knight until the end. And then at the end of the book, like the last thing, he's like, yeah, so fast forward now, you know, and he's got like the Nike compound in Oregon. He's like outfitted the entire Oregon Ducks squad with everything, all this cool stuff. And then he's like, yeah, one time I was at, um, he was somewhere and he goes, I went to the movies and I'm standing there in the lobby and I'm talking to two gentlemen that went to the movies together and I was, and it was Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. Like, I don't know where they all lived. It was some, it was some place, I think in Florida. And uh, they all went to the movies and they happened to run into each other. And it was funny cause, <laughs> because they're just like, I mean, they're just like whatever. So he said, I'm literally sitting with these guys and chit-chatting with them. And people are coming up and like, oh my God, that's Bill Gates. And oh my God, that's Warren Buffett. And nobody knows what Phil Knight looks like. So he's just kind of like, this is great. Meanwhile, Phil Knight is a multi, multi, multi billionaire who built Nike. Like, if you're like, oh, by the way, that's the founder and owner of Nike, they've been like, or CEO, whatever he is now. They're like, no way. And it's just incredible because you don't really know much about the guy. And when you look at him, I think he's kind of got like reddish hair and he's kind of like, if you Google him, yeah, he's, you've never seen him before in your life. You'll be like, I probably, you're like, I've never, like, I've never seen this guy. I don't recognize him. So, and then at the very end, it kind of was talking about all these things, like, I think it was like when Tiger Woods won the Masters in 97, like he was behind the green with his family. Like you don't see this. You just see him like go up and hug his dad, but like Phil Knight's like right there. You talk about when Michael Jordan's dad passed away, or actually was, I think he was murdered. But back when Michael Jordan's dad died, um, Phil Knight, I think, was sitting like in the first or second row at the funeral. So you talk about like, because obviously these are all Nike guys, but you're like, you put it in perspective of like Phil Knight and like, yeah, and what he started... I think he had reddish hair. You can see in a couple of years, like it's like reddish blonde. Yeah, but he's but very, like, what? you've ever seen that guy? Never. If I saw that man, would be like, oh, he definitely created Nike. I mean, that was him back in the day. 
Yeah, so I mean, he just doesn't look anything spectacular. So he just kind of looks like this normal dude. You just if he was like walking around in a short t shirt, you'd be like, I don't, I don't know that guy. Sorry, Phil. So, but so basically, it was kind of funny how they go from there to all the all of a sudden, like, hey, by the way, like he was involved in a lot of these cool athlete, like these historic name brand athletes' lives from Nike because he ended up diversifying and he went from running shoes to diversifying into different like basketball shoes and basketball stuff, and he talked about like how getting like. Um, Michael Jordan was a big deal because I think Michael Jordan at the time was like Adidas or something like that. There was like, it was all this whole thing about how he got all these athletes. It was really cool. And like when he got Tiger Woods and, um, but you're going back to the very beginning. So I have one over there of Steve Jobs and um, actually I have one of Mark Zuckerberg, which I think was actually the social network movie. But then I saw another clip the other day of these two guys, and Mark Zuckerberg, this is like 2004, and he's literally asking, so like, what's the Facebook, Mark? And he's like, oh, you know, it's a social society, and he kind of like starts talking, but he obviously is talking like above everybody else. He, he knows, he's like going from like what everybody's seeing as like this mini like on-campus like thing that's like popping up amongst the EDU email addresses, and then all of a sudden like he was like, no, this is going to take over the world. And I don't think he meant take over the world, but I think he knew how big he, he could grow into something cooler. So... The other one was watching, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, Jeff Bezos. I was going to say the, um, the big guy. So Jeff Bezos. So basically what Jeff Bezos was doing is they started out and he was kind of like this like nerdy guy, found it, it, started with books. And they're like, whoa, how did he, like, why did you go with books? So if anybody remembers, and I remember Amazon, Amazon I think he said was founded in like 96 I remember Amazon in like the late 90s and 2000s because right before like the bubble burst and all that stuff, I remember Amazon being this site that you go on to get books. And I still as like a little kid, I remember this. And I still remember when Amazon started to sell other products, I was like, isn't that the bookstore site? Why are they selling other stuff? And it was like, so I want to finish the whole thing. I've only watched the first like, it's like an hour, almost two hours. I've only watched the first like 25 minutes. But he started out with books. The reason he did books, he goes, there's not, there's not one other product that you can sell that has more, um, uh, what's the word, more titles or more different themes around it. He goes, the second closest, I think he said, was toys, like kids' toys. So he said, there's so many books. He said that I think if you were to stack, he said some some like crazy stat, like if you were to stack all the books, you know, just by name, like wrote them out or whatever, like on pieces of paper, or whatever, we get to like Empire State Building. Is that, I don't know, some crazy fact like that. So there's a bunch of different books. That's why he started with books. And then eventually he diversified and he kept saying, there's one interview, this guy was like asking him questions. And Jeff Bezos' mind was so far, this guy was like asking, like, well, you made zero dollars last year. Like, how is this business manageable? Because he just kept sinking in, he lost money. And he goes, and he just kept going through and talking about the growth, but like what Jeff Bezos was saying is kind of like normal now, but this was 20 plus years ago and he's talking to this guy and this guy had no clue and Jeff Bezos' mind was like 2020 and this mm-hmm. guy was back in like 1995, 96, 97, no, 90, probably 97, 98. And it was so funny to watch it, but you could see at that, that time, he had such a long-term plan and a few of the things I took away even for the first 20 minutes was find out something that consumers want but then he said, take what consumers want, but he goes, he goes, get so obsessed with finding, like just with the customer experience and expectations second to none. Like just make it so good, so good, so good that nobody can like would want to do anything else. And he goes, just focus on the customer. So the guy was like, well, how, how are you doing this? And you're not, you didn't turn a profit and you lost money last year. And he goes, because they, they're basically, not, I mean, he's losing money on paper, I guess, but 
he's building, but he just keeps reinvesting all the money back in. So he's not really showing a profit because it's reinvestment. So basically at the end of the day, he's going through this whole thing and he's so determined at like, we're going to sell all this stuff. We're going to start making these distribution centers. And he's like, well, aren't the distribution centers a waste of time? Like these bookstores. And he's like, it's just, it's fascinating to watch because this wasn't that long ago. I mean, it's mm-hmm. within our lifetime that this company has been around. So it's not like these companies that started back in the 50s, 60s, or ni- early 1900s that have been out for hundreds of years. I mean, Amazon's only 25 years old. Yeah. So not even that. It started in 96. So you're talking 24 years old, which is incredible to think of a company younger than us that's like, well, about your age, but y- no, younger than you. Yeah, younger than you. There you go. Just made it. Younger than you that's able to like get to as big as they are. It's just crazy when you like watch what he's doing and like other stuff that he's doing. And now it's, you got to think too, it's only 25 years old. Like, what is he going to grow over the next 25 years? Like, it's insane what they're going into. Yeah. I bet you Amazon will go into every industry in some capacity. They'll go into, like, education. They'll go into – they'll definitely go into real estate. I think they've already started. They're going to go into a lot of these different sectors and just take over because they're kind of like the the king of the hill kind of thing um, or big kid in the sandbox. And they're just going to, like – do all this stuff. And I, so I'm kind of fascinated to see where they're going. I'm always curious how those companies are going to affect our lives because like I'm in real estate now. Like is, are we going to start seeing a trend where Amazon's going to take over just real estate in general, the way real estate's done as of right now, I think they'll take over certain aspects of real estate, but not everything. But again, I'm never like, I'm always one that if you're in an industry, your industry can like shift on a dime. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like if real estate just shut down, I think I'd be fine. Cause I'm like, okay, I'll just go into something different. Cause I don't think it's necessarily the, what you're doing is kind of like how you're doing it type deal, yeah. like mindset more than the product or the service. So I just long, 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 like, I guess rant on that, but I just like high achievers and just stripping it back to like level one. Yeah. Because like we're still very young and like our, careers of what we're doing Mm -hmm. and i had this conversation the other day with um was it might have been i've had it with hannah i've had it with jordan had it with Lacey. like this is our younger agents and i'm like you guys are so young that like just give it some time like like well courtney's another one that just started and i'm like courtney's been doing real estate now for just over a year and she's like to the point where i was looking at like my charts she's basically where i was or is going to be at the end of this year, which is like a year and a half in when the time I was done year three. So she's already halfway ahead of where I was. And you see that she's just gaining momentum as she's going and the other agents are starting to do it too. Cause I'm like, it's not like I've come up with like a pretty good blueprint of how to do it. It's just now it's like kind of just follow it, but you just got to give it time. Cause I think people are like, eh, it's gotta be done like in a year or two years. And I mean, we've had this conversation too. Like you can't rush anything you're doing in your 20s. I think your 20s is kind of about figuring life out and honestly like surviving your 20s of like just getting by and like doing yeah. what you can and not really putting too much expectation on yourself. But I think people think that you just have to have stuff figured out in your 20s, which is a weird... 20s are weird because it's first time you're on your own. You typically have the least amount of like... You have the most debt usually for the most part, you know, because you have like student loans or you have your first house or you have a car or whatever... And then all of a sudden you get dumped with like health insurance and get dumped with a bunch of other stuff. And you're at in a position where you're probably at like a low entry level job or something where you're not making nearly as much as you're going to make even 10 years from now. But your expenses are probably very close to what they'll be then. And then you start paying those loans down you start making more money. And then it really flip flops. And all of a sudden you have more like discretionary income. Um, so it's just like a weird 
a weird like 10 years of life. It's great. Like 20s were great, but that's why I just hit 30. So I'm like pumped for 30s. But I look at 20s as like, man, I changed a lot from 20 to 30. Yeah. Like quite a bit. Sorry, that was a long rant. No, I don't care. I mean, even even 20 to 25 for me has been like, oh my God, I'm an entirely different person than I was. Do you feel different at 25 right now? Like, do you think that Versus. you think more just like in general, like compared to your entire existence because your brain doesn't start to de- stop developing until 25. It's like you, you, I think it's like your frontal vortex or whatever. Like everything like fully develops in your brain at 25. So I just found like a really big shift in my like mental state. Not like overnight, you're just like, oh, someone punched you in the face. Like I understand everything now. But like I felt something kind of like change internally, like mentally of just like more... Not, I don't want to say clarity, but like it's just a mixture of a bunch of like internal yeah. stuff that just like I didn't know at 25, but when I hit the 26, 27, 28 and was told about this, I was like, you know what? 25 was a big shift in like my life paradigm where my 20s to 25, I felt really young. And then 25 to 30, I felt really old. And it was, yeah. a, it was almost to like, like to the year exactly that all happened. No, 25 has been huge for me. And I don't, I've always been like, I've always sought achievement, um, but this year, and I'm honestly, people shit on COVID, but COVID made me wake up a little bit, specifically financially. Um, you know, when all the bars and restaurants were closed, I like my bank account was looking pretty sweet, and it's it's pathetic that it took that, but I'm happy that it did because. I do enjoy a social life, but it's also put it into perspective for me. Like, okay, Megan, for three months, you didn't go out to eat as often as you normally do, and you were able to renovate your kitchen and dining room debt-free. Like, all right. You know what I mean? Um, by the way, the watermelon uh, high noons are really good. Yeah. Sorry. It was like, it's, like a little, it's, like a, it's like a little, like, it's almost like a warhead without the sour. Mm-hmm. Very ooh, wet. like a Jolly Rancher, but not so. Or Jolly Rancher, we can get there. I was going yeah. Warhead, old school. You ever had Warhead? I was never a sour. I have my right eye, like will shut if I have too sour of candies. Actually, really? Yeah. All right, fun fact. Okay, you carry it back on. Back to what you're talking about. This is just a little aside. No, anywho, I twenty three was a big one for me, but twenty five is definitely. I don't know. I'm just looking more towards. I feel like at this point at 25 now I can look forward and like look forward to 40 and not just understand that I still have growth because I think a lot of people expect to have their shit together by 25 and I I do have quite a bit of my shit together but like except your sewer pipe that's it's full <laughs> literally shit puns um, <laughs> um but no, I just, like, me at 20 years old, I thought my life was going to be 100% different than it is right now. Not 100%, but I just saw it going in a different direction than it did, but I'm very happy of, like, where I'm at right now. So, before, like, I was at 20, you think very short term. I thought 20 to 25 was, like, this huge, like, oh my god, a five-year plan? I have no idea what I'm going to do in five years. And, like, that was one of the things they asked me when I interviewed at Casella. Like, what's your what's your plan? And I'm like, 
I'm, I'm 23. I have no idea. Like I, I'm open to whatever. I'm, I think that's part of the reason where I'm at right now. But, um, now at 25, understanding that I still don't have everything together, but I still have so much left to learn. This has been a good learning year for me. I can look forward to 30, 35, 40, and it seems attainable, I guess now. Um, Hmm. Do you, let me see. I'm trying to think like a question, like follow up on that. Like if, like kind of having stuff together or not having a planner. I mean, are you much of a planner or are Mm -mm. you Mm -mm. just more like just wing it and go with the flow? I wing it and I'm, I'm a, I'm a procrastinator. I always have been, but because I know that I work better under pressure. If I have if I have a week to do a project, I'm going to half-ass it if I work it on it every single day because I know I still have time to do it. If, you know, until it's like nearing the deadline and I can mentally tell myself, okay, Megan, you have three hours to get this shit done, then I can sit down and I can hammer it out and I'm going to do it really well like and that's why I think I did well in like event coordinating and like with weddings and even back when I did skating shows and everything I work better under pressure but I don't know I just feel like now I can I at 25 I know who I am I know how I operate I know what I'm good at I know what I'm not great at and I'm not afraid to work on the things that I'm not great at to get better at those or at least seek the education or guidance from somebody who is good at that thing um I've also like I used to be super hot-headed oh my god I would get so pissed at people and there's probably, there's a fair amount of people my age that probably don't care for me. And that's because of how reactive I used to be. And I've, I've calmed down significantly. But then on top of that, my boss, Bill, has like, just sent this like, like, just sense of calm over my entire life somehow. He's, he's so calm every single day. Even when, even when he's like, rip roaring pissed he's still not like is bill like rip roaring pissed like just like you like oh darn like i can't see bill getting like super mad no and the only way you really know bill's mad is he talks a little bit quicker because he's normally like the guy that like just sits back will nod his head every now and then and kind of let you talk yourself out of an issue or into the right answer for an issue. He's very good at that. And he also trusts myself, Nicole, the people who work with us, to do that on our own. But even the angriest I've ever seen him, it's like, okay, we know, but he he swears a little bit when he gets mad. I think it's so funny. But (laughs) he... He's just, he's really taught me that, like, even when I'm super stressed about going to, like, going into a situation or maybe going to see somebody that's really unhappy, he always says, what's the worst that could happen? And then I tell him, they hate me and want to cancel their account with us. And then he says, okay. 
That's the worst thing that could possibly happen. Is that that bad? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Okay. I think I think it's that's definitely like a perspective thing. Yeah. And that's something I I I still struggle with that a little. When I first got in, a bit like at least real estate or dealing with people, like I've realized that there's there's absolutely I shouldn't say like. You can go through life and be friends with absolutely everyone and never upset everyone, but you're doing something where you don't deal with people a lot. You know what I mean? There was somebody that, like if you were to do a job and you just didn't really talk to people and you just kind of went through the motions and you didn't really have a a job where you dealt with people, it was just more like even just like, I just like doing something that does not involve human to human contact. Mm-hmm. You're never really gonna have any enemies or whatever because everybody's just like, oh, that's that's Tony. He's a great guy. Like nothing, nothing wrong. Yeah. But as soon as you start dealing with the public, because then you're dealing with emotions, I hundred percent have people that don't like me. Totally fine. At the end of the day, I'm always like, I'm. It's kind of what Bill said. There's two things that really that really put everything in perspective for me that make me just like kind of laid back because i'm overall like i get pepped up you know me enough you're like ah oh, he's gonna like going crazy but then you also know like i don't i really don't let a lot of stuff bother me like i'll i'll like pretend i'm mad but i'm not really mad like i don't really, at the end of the day there's a lot of stuff that i just could put in perspective it's like it like what bill said like what's the worst that can happen someone's mad at you and it's like okay then i kind of cross-reference that back okay if they don't like me or they're mad at me then i go back did i do anything wrong or did i do anything with the wrong intent then i'm like no i didn't i did i thought i did what was right i thought i said what was right i thought i said something maybe they didn't want to hear it and i said it because i thought it was right or whatever and i always go back to if i did something with the right intent and i did it for the good of the situation whether it means you know typically like i'm not a overly selfish person so i try to like make the best decision for the scenario if i can but it's not always – I'm not always right, so sometimes I do the wrong thing. But again, if I thought I did the right thing, then at least I'm okay. I can at least live with it, meaning I didn't do something I shouldn't have done, knowingly shouldn't have done kind of thing. So mm-hmm. if I do make a mistake, it's like, okay, I, I, I messed up there. My bad. I didn't realize this or that. It's you know my bad. So I'm very good at trying to hold that back. But what you said again is – the perspective aspect of what is the worst that can happen most of the stuff in business like i always say is not life and death it's mm-hmm. not like if somebody doesn't gets mad at me for real estate or hates me or says our company is garbage or decides to fire me and use someone else well i i literally look at that i'm like i still am healthy i have friends i have my family i have all this stuff I'm going to literally go home tonight and both my kids are going to be like dada. They're going to be so excited to see me. They don't care that some person got mad at me. Neither neither do I. I'm like, it is what it is. I did stuff with the right intent. I think that's something you get as you get older. That's why I always say like old people like don't care because they don't. They've seen everything. They don't care. Like literally your opinion means nothing to someone that's older. People's opinions still matter to me, but not – I don't think they matter to me as much as people that are even 25 or 20 because I think – I've gone through 10 years of just like trial and error and like just like thrown into the kind of like a peep, real big people industry early in my life where mm-hmm. there can be conflict and there can be disagreement and there can be 
hard feelings and all this stuff, which nobody likes confrontation. Nobody like actively searches out confrontation. Nobody actively wants to, maybe you did in the past, but nobody <laughs> actively searches out confrontation and nobody um, at the end of the day wants to really upset somebody. They want to like, they're trying to do what they can. That's so that's always one where I think Bill's like spot on. And I think that like, they're like, I don't, I don't really care factor, meaning I, I care, but I don't care. Meaning I care about people and I care about doing the right thing. But if they're mad at me for something that I either can't control or I did with the right intent, then I don't care about the reaction because it doesn't, it really does nothing to better yourself. Yeah. It's tough. It's like a fine line, but like, I think at a certain point you just really can't care. People are, I always say to people, like the best part about real estate is the people. The worst part about real estate is the people. And that's it. Like real estate itself is fine. I think that's in any field. Like the best part about a job is like the people, I think is like the people you get to talk with. Like when people leave a job, like what will you miss the most? Like my coworkers and my people and the friendships and relationships. They don't really care about the work. Yeah. And that's why I think like I'm the same with real estate. It's like the best thing is like all the cool people I've met. The worst part is all the the people that I've met or dealt with too in certain, in certain people. Yeah. Um, but I think you got to have both. And the, I always say the good far away, the bad. for every one bad person I meet, I meet 100, 200, 300, really 400 really good people. Mm-hmm. So it's like the ratios are really swung. Obviously people dwell on like the little negatives cause they just sting a little bit harder. But yeah. I think you, you don't, you tr- really don't let the negatives bother you. Cause again, it's perspective. It's just like, Again, worst that can happen, they fire you, go with somebody else, and you're like, whatever. Like, it's, you know, as long as you did what you could do, I don't think yeah. it's that. I don't know. It's it's always tough. It's um, but I think it's something you have to get used to in some type of field because everybody's gonna have conflict. You're always gonna have people you don't don't like or don't want to see or don't want to deal with or don't want to talk to or don't want to have a conversation with for whatever reason, and then it's like, boom, like, I don't know. It's just it's like I one still of the, though like. Even though I'm more, I'm not so like fiery reactive anymore. I still prefer confrontation over letting things go because I feel like it's better to deal with. Like if I can sense that there's an issue, I'd rather get it out there, talk about it, get over it, than like let that linger, let it grow, let it be awkward. Fester. Yes. No, I'm not about that. If I have a problem and at work, I really, I have no problems with anybody. I, I absolutely adore my Casella fam. Everybody works really well together and or at least with me, I guess. <laughs> um, but like in previous jobs, um, yeah, I, I'd so rather just like, and I think I think there's part of that that's kind of disappearing too. So me being somebody who prefers confrontation and most people are leaning towards the more passive aggressive end of things. I hate to say that I catch people off guard and they don't know what to do. So I usually win, but it's totally true. (laughs) And like, I don't know, like if I used to get in like an argument with a friend or something, be like, Hey, what is the deal? And they were like, like, well, nothing. No, we're here right now. We're going to talk about this and get over it. And that's how I ran. That's how I like managed my team at Valcor too. I didn't, I didn't want anybody, you know, everybody, you know, you can, you can vent about somebody without having an issue with them. But if it's an issue, like why, why are we just sitting here creating bigger problems, getting more people involved with it? Like just hash it out. So, and I, I try to be the same way with my sales game too like I'm not gonna let like 
like disposal increases or something we have at my job. So like the landfill charges more for you to dump there. So therefore I have to raise people's prices. Nobody likes their price increased. It's fun when I get to say that somebody else is increasing it and I'm just passing it off because I have to, but I'd rather tell them ahead of time than wait until they get their bill that month and be like, well, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. So no, I've, I've, I'm still like that. I'm just a little bit more, I guess, mature in my way about dealing with it. Like real estate's always, there's a lot of moving parts. The problem, most issues in life, at least with people is just miscommunication or lack of communication. Yeah. So real estate, there's like a lot of things that go on. The problem that I always find is that there's a lot of things to manage. And if things don't, um, like you, you walked in today and I was like semi stressed about something, but it was like one where at the end of the day, it's not a big deal. Like what's the worst that could happen? Whatever. Not like really I'm at no fault, but it's just kind of like, you just got to handle something. It's like, why do I got to handle this? Like, why is this even an issue? And it is, and then it's time and whatever, but it's part of the, like the job description, you know, you you sign up for it. But the, the biggest thing that I I find is there's two things. You can either, if you got a problem, let everybody know of the problem as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And don't just like sweep it under the rug and just hope, um, or don't make the tough phone conversation. Because I have a lot, not, I wouldn't say all the time, but I'd say each month you have a couple that are just like, oh, I don't really want to make this call or whatever. And you do it. And you, and you get by. It's not the end of the world. And if somebody gets pissed, they get pissed. You try to uh, um, make the situation better. The other aspect is, and I had this conversation with Lacey yesterday. I said, if you have a problem, I said, you have a couple things. One, I don't get the problem and I don't run right to the client. And I don't tell the client the problem as soon as I hear it. The reason is I got to have all the information mm-hmm. because most of the time a client is paying me to get the job done. They're not, they're not paying me to bring my, the problems to them unless I have to, if I need their, if I need them to, I guess, sign off on a decision or give like, I don't really make decisions without running by clients. I yeah. just like, I'm, even if I know they're probably going to agree with me, I still run it by them just to make sure I'm not missing something. But on the same token, if there's an issue, I really, okay, what's the issue? All right. Here's the problem. Let me reach out to the person I need to talk to because I want to get every side that I can to see if I can figure it out prior to bringing in a client. Now, you also got to read clients. Like certain clients I'll bring in if I think they're like chill and can handle it. Then there's certain clients I'm like, they can't handle it. Like if I tell them something, they're going to go off the deep end. It's going to make me have a bunch of other issues that are going to lead up to just more time wasting and more. So I... I'm very good at getting the information to the client as quick as possible, but sometimes clients don't know don't need to know everything as soon as it happens because a lot of the stuff is happening in the back of trying to get deals done. A lot of clients don't know of problems and snags we've had at the closing to get to the closing because we just don't make it known to them. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that I would never tell them because it's like I just one less thing I don't want them yeah. to stress out about. So I put the stress either on myself or a company or whatever and we figure it out. And we work with a lot of good people and third party people and lenders and attorneys and other agents that we deal with that, you know, we can work together to get a job done versus, um, you know, really get clients involved because the problem sometimes when you get clients involved is emotions take over and then 
decisions aren't made with a clear head and then it mm-hmm. kind of ends up bubbling over to bigger problems. So you, I guess the, the rule of thumb is you always want to bring, you always want to make problems known as soon as possible, but there's a fine line, at least in our business of like, do they need to know it or is it something we can figure out and, or do I have all the facts straight before I go to them? Cause I want to make sure it's like, Hey, Oh my God, that's my least well, favorite thing on the, in the world is when you hear something and then you tell whoever needs to know, but then it's like, Oh, well, actually, and I was like, no, dummy, don't come to me either until you have all the facts. It, oh, yeah. my God, that drives me nuts. Well, then people will tell me facts, and then it will end up leading down a rabbit hole of like, wait, wait, what? And then next thing you know, someone said something wrong, and then it got mis- mm-hmm. miscommunicated, and then all of a sudden, then it's a problem, and it shouldn't have been a problem. And the other um, issue is if you have a problem, always come up with some type of solution for the problem. So um, I was telling Lacey, and Lacey's brand new, so it was funny. She was saying something. I called Lacey up, or she called me up, going over. I said, okay. She thought it had to like, be this big production. I'm like, no, you just tell your client, like, listen, I just got this information, same as you. Let me, just, I just got to reach out to a couple people, and I'll be back in touch. That's it. That's all you got to say, because that's the truth. You don't know the information. I don't know anything more than you. You might have got it, and they're thinking the sky's falling. And it's like, well, no, let me, let me just work on it. We'll probably find a solution. It's probably not that big of a deal. And, of course, it's easier said than done, because I do this all the time. And it's like, I've seen way worse, you know, and I'm like, we can get by this. But you always want to typically offer a solution to the client. So it's like, hey, listen, just heard out about this problem. Here's a little bit of a snag. I am already reached out to this person and this person waiting to hear back. And I've talked to this person. They said this. So I, we should be fine. Just yeah. give me till later today or tomorrow and we'll have it all straightened out. Like, oh, okay, okay. Is this going to be bad? Well, it could be, but I, no, I think we'll figure it out. Like, As long as they know you're proactively yeah. working on a solution, I don't want to just – like if you're a client, I want to bring – like. Hey, Meg, um, so the deal's falling apart, and uh, yeah, it really sucks. I'm like, wait, what? Instead of saying, hey, listen, the deal fell apart. We already have the house listed back on the market. I've already reached out to a couple people that I know that we turned down showings prior. Obviously, this is bad, but we have, we're have we already taking a step forward. Like, let's let's not dwell on the past because we can't change it. Yeah. So then it's like, what what is solution? What's our next step? And I, it's just like scrapping together to make stuff happen when – because a lot of times people just like let stuff die. And I'm like, why – we had a chance to save that. Why are we just all like, why are you just giving up on the deal? Um, and I find like good agents are problem solving people. They just like, they're like, okay, here's, here's a little like curveball. Let's just, we've got to just kind of divert and go down a different path, but we can yeah. make it happen. Well, and I think that makes a difference with anybody in some sort of sales roles. Like, like there's a give a shit factor, but then on top of that, like, like in my old job, when I was running people's weddings, like if I heard of a problem, I, I hear the problem, but then immediately my brain is like, okay, how do I fix this? Mm-hmm. And same thing with my job now too. Like, I don't know, like like an emergency compactor issue at a hospital, for example. Like, that's a big deal. They have a lot of garbage. Um, there's some people that hear a problem and dwell on it. Like, oh my God, this sucks. This person's going to be so pissed. This is going to happen. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And like my brain and your brain and anybody who's like, I don't want to say like, I'm good at what I do. I'm not like tooting my own horn, but I like, I recognize that I'm good with like customer service aspects of things. And I think that's the difference. And like hearing a problem and immediately knowing what you need to do and who to get a hold of and how to fix it, or maybe think of a few ways to fix it and display those options to your client or customer or whatever. I think that makes a big difference with people. Do you think that, 
as I've gotten busier too, and I think this is what kind of goes back. Remember you said like, hey, if I have a week to do something, I don't get it done. But if I have only like a couple hours to do it, I just cram it out. I'm the same way because every day I'm making so many decisions yeah. and my brain is like from like the moment I wake up to the moment I like go to bed, my brain is just on that I almost just look at problems as like, okay, well, here's another, like, okay, here's the next problem. Just do, do, do. Nah, yeah. this is kind of, ah, this one sucks, but let's get through it. Oh, easy one, easy one, hard one. Like, but I just find because I don't have much time in the day, I don't have time to dwell. I don't have time to push it off. I don't have time. So it's yeah. like, if I'm like in the car, I'm like, oh God, I don't gotta call it. Whatever, I'll call him. Boom, just call it. Cause I gotta get it done. I like, yeah. gotta call him. I can't call him later. Just do it now. Cause then I got four more calls to do between. So then it's like, I got like a 20 minute ride back to Plattsburgh. I got four calls to make. I'm just going to hit this one out first. Whatever. Got through it. Great. Next ones are all easy. Back to the office. So I think that as I've gotten busier too, those those like calls, they're like, oh, I don't want to make them. They're just like, listen, I, I don't have much time. What is it? Let's just fix it. I don't have time to dwell on it. I don't have time to argue on it. Let's just like, what's the solution? What's, yeah. what's the problem? Let's nip it in the bud. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. So I think that's been a, a big change for the better but i just because you make so many like it's almost like the like the way they call decision making muscle like you get so good at just making decisions that yeah when you have to make them you can make them and i think i just think that's so important especially depending on like the business that you're in or like running a business or you know just just wear a lot of hats and you're just like putting out fires all day but i mean you know metaphoric fires and you're just trying to cram as much as you can into a day because the to-do list is so big when you wake up every yeah. day. Well, I'm I am also so much better too when I'm busy. If I'm slow, again, I'm lollygaggy and I'm not I'm not I'm not on, I'm not sharp. And like, yeah, I'll definitely get it done and I'll still like do a good job, but like even like back when I was waitressing in college, like on a slow day, I would I would mess up more orders than like this crazy busy Hobie's is packed you can't move kind of Saturday night just because you're like you're in it and you're on and your brain is constantly engaged in what you're doing versus like oh I'm bored like now I'm gonna start daydreaming about whatever I'm gonna think about what I'm gonna do this weekend like whatever and like I'm I'm so much better when I'm busy and my dad like my dad will always say a bored Megan is not a good Megan and it's just if I'm bored, I'm I'm not I'm not at my top level. Which is why you ripped out every wall in your dining room. <sighs> That's just because I couldn't stand it was like it was like working from home and not going anywhere was driving me crazy because I'm such like I'm on the move at work, I'm on the move after work, I have something on my calendar every single night. It's it's just how I prefer to be. And COVID was like all right, bitch. Sit down. <laughs> Watch TV. Think about stuff. Sit. Relax. And like it is, it was good because I can now appreciate a night with, you know, not necessarily something to do. Although I still, like this, like this week, a Saturday, my parents were golfing. I don't know what Wade was doing. John was out of town. Ellie was busy. Ryan was working. You were working like everybody like in my in my immediate circle of people that I hang out with was preoccupied and I didn't have anything to do. And my God, I sat there miserable and the time went by so slow. How much Instagram did you scroll through? My my phone died twice that day. 
Like, I literally had to plug my phone in two separate times. And I hate that. And, like, I could not... Barrett was busy. And, and like, just, just everybody was... And that, that happens. But I, I know how I am in those situations. So I try to fill my calendar as much as I can so that I don't get in those situations. But that's just, that's just my own issues. But... Well, I... I uh... Yeah, I can't sit still. I'm kind of the same. Like, there's so many times I want to sit still, and I like, I I think there's a mixture. I can't sit still, but there's certain times where I'm like, I always talk about like Fourth of July, going to Fern Lake. I can just sit for four days, no three to four days, no phone, just chill, just hang out, don't care, not in a rush, not worried about a thing, mm-hmm. go with the flow. And it is such a mental just like escape for me and I love it. I didn't get it this year, so that's why I think I'm like extra like just like wild right now. But I'm I'm like I really it's tough. I might I might maybe I'm thinking about it, maybe this Saturday. Cause I don't think I really have much going on Saturday of just shutting my phone off, like literally in the morning, shut my phone off and not touch it for a full day. Yeah. And that's, well, that's the difference too, though. Like, I still have my phone on me, but like my work phone can go away. I have that. I have that. Yeah. At, at Valcor, I did not have that. So I literally, I would do the same. I would, I would put my phone away so that I didn't check email. I wasn't taking calls. I wouldn't, I, whatever. And it's, it's hard. I, yeah. Well, so th- last weekend, Saturday, we went to the beach, brought the kids. Me and Gina, her parents, the kids, blast. Great day. As I was like going out the door, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'm like, Gina, do I need my phone for anything? She's like, no. I'm like, you have your phone? She's like, yeah. I said, great. Okay. I literally left it there. Just put it on the charger. Walked out. Didn't have my phone for at least three hours. Was great. If I don't have my phone, I am like the most laid back. Because if I have my phone and it's nearby, I'm one of those people like I'll, I'll stay away from it, but then I'll go check it. Yeah. If I don't have it, I'm like... I can't check it. This mm-hmm. is great. I'm fully off. If we go for boat rides, I don't take my phone. If we go the following day, what did we do? We did, um, oh, we went to my parents' camp. Literally drove down to camp at like 4.30 in the afternoon on a Sunday, which I know, again, this is my world. It's a Sunday. Should, like, I shouldn't be worried about like work. And I left my phone at the house, went to Shazie, hung out for the evening, did the boat rides, had dinner, did all the fun stuff. Drove back. I didn't check my phone until like after the kids went to bed at, and it was like 9 o'clock at night. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is – and I had a couple messages and stuff. But I'm like, it's it's, it's – I got to get better at just completely – because I hate – I'm always – I'm one of those people like I hate pushing people out. I hate – like if you need something, I don't like procrastinating on stuff like someone else needs. Yeah. I will procrastinate on yeah. stuff I need to do. Exactly. There's stuff in my email, stuff I should have done months ago. It's sitting in my email because I haven't had time to do it because mm-hmm. it's like somebody else needs this. I'll do it. Somebody else needs that. And I got to get better at kind of being more selfish on th- certain things. Yeah. Um, and shutting the phone off is a big one for me of just like, like not ignoring people, but just realizing like I don't have to answer calls and f- emails and phone messages in an hour or two hours or even five hours or six hours. Like I can take majority of the day and just answer stuff here and there and be totally fine. Yeah. And that's the problem on my part because I don't think most – because again, if I answer clients fast, they expect me to answer fast. So there's times where I'm like, you know, if I just – especially on weekends, like I'm just checking out. 
That's why Saturday, I might just shut my phone off at least morning tonight. May pop it on at night. Yeah. You know, honestly, just set my like set my alarm or something, but then not even worry about talking to people and just like enjoy a full day with not, like shut my phone off. Like not even just like put it on like just put it down, but just completely shut it off, throw it in like my bedroom and just like not touch it. So maybe I'll do that this Friday, Saturday. I'm thinking about it because I have nothing going on really. And then I'm like, Saturday, nobody should bug me. Mm-hmm. Just do a full day of just like chilling. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, 6.55. Anything else? 5.55? Good. Is should be fit 5. I got, I got an appointment to go to. Um, all right. Anything else? Oh, dang, I had something for a final note that I was. You do, you can do your final note. We got a few more minutes, but. No, not on this topic. It was something totally random and I couldn't remember. God. By, by the way, the watermelon is pretty good. Yeah. What's left? Is of that your favorite? Black cherry and watermelon. Another cherry. All yours. I like lime is my favorite. I love lime. I love everything with lime. Pineapple is my favorite fruit. So that's why I went with it. It was good. Pineapple juice is not as good as just pineapple. So I love pineapple. But pineapple juice is fair. But I like lime. Damn it. What was I going to say? Not bad. I think the first one I had was pineapple and then I tried water. You know what the cool thing is about these? It's like a very old school looking logo. Isn't it? It looks like a logo from like you would have got this like in the 70s with like Genesee light like on the side. A little like Jenny Cream Ale. Like like the graphic designer for this and them. I remembered. Go. Emergency press conference. There is a new NHL team. NHL team? Can I pick the, the state? Is this true? An expansion team? Yes. It's literally true. Just why, announced. Why did, 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 it's like, been in the making for a little while. Oh, so I know about it because I have family in this in that, this realm of planet Earth. Um, oh, so a couple things. Yes. Um, let me guess a team. Guess the city first. I'm at the city. Okay. I'm gonna give you. Can I give you five cities? Because it's very tough to like narrow it down. I know. Don't don't like look at me weird. Like this says. I think we. Are you are you saying one and then I'm saying yes and then two and then no? no just give or... you five and I want if if one of the five is it you're just like Galen you're incredible that's awesome good for you okay 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 I'm so excited okay so I'm waiting no nope. waiting till the fifth right yeah she'll wait until the fifth so don't okay. say a word okay <laughs> Portland Maine don't say anything okay. Quebec City, Canada, don't say anything. Okay. Seattle, Washington, don't say anything. Okay. They have Las Vegas. Don't say Las Vegas. No, no, they have LA, they have Las Vegas. Oh, they have Colorado. They have, um, ooh, that would be a funky one, but maybe that's going to be my fifth one. So wait, hold up. Um, Uh, ooh. Okay, spit them out. We're on a podcast here. We no, speak. No, no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> oh, wait, I got two. Wow. Indianapolis. Indianapolis and... Um, mm. What was the funky one? What did you end up with on the funky one? I was gonna, My funky one was going to be New Orleans, but... My other option was like, which would be a curveball because I'm like, I don't think they would put something in the south there. Would be Cleveland potentially. Did I get any of them? You did. It was it was Quebec City. No. Ah, Seattle. Yeah. Really, what are they called? The Seattle Kraken. 
Kraken? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Are you, that is a sweet... Okay, so... Seattle Kraken? That was pretty good, though, for five cities, and I got one of them. The story here, I had the... There's some... Shout out West Coast Whedons. Um, a lot of my dad's brothers were in the Navy, so we have Whedons all over. Um, but I have a chunk of family in Seattle, and a few years ago, I went out there, and they were like, hey, they're talking about an NHL team. And then... So we were talking about it while I was out there, and then my cousin sent me a list of potential names. There was like emerald, kraken, something about whales, I think, like very like ocean themed. But I was like the kraken. I'm like, that is dope. Um, so yeah, officially announced. Seattle kraken. Yeah. What does that mean? Kraken is, this is their logo. Introducing the Seattle. Oh, what's, wait, wait. How's kraken spelled? K-R-A-K-E-N. Kraken is, is K-R-A-K-E-N? like... K-R-A-K-E-N? Yeah. Kraken is like a... It's like a sea monster. It is? Yeah. It's not like champy. Like it's... Like the Kraken... So the Seattle Kraken? Yeah. Ah, that's got to grow on me. I like it. Is it... That might be in the realm for me right now, the um, New Orleans Pelicans. Basketball team. Imagine Pe- playing for the Pelicans. Pel- Pelicans. Play for the Pelicans. Pelicans is a weak name. Kraken? Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. There's a little promo video and everything. But, uh, so, are they doing the expansion rules that like Las uh, Vegas got? Basically, that like Las Vegas went to the Stanley Cup and is still one of the top teams. Which I don't like. I wish the expansion teams had really crappy first seasons because they had to work their way up. I was pumped when that that but, Stanley but if Cup. You're, if you're if you're What's up, Jordy? That Stanley oh, Cup good. You can edit this. This be was great. great. Oh, did you know about it? Did you check my schedule? No, but I asked Oh. <laughs> I told Jordan, like, Jordan, you do have access to my schedule, right? She goes, I know. I just never check it. No, I don't anymore. I you to Oh, you could have asked me to do that. Sorry. Side note. Keep going. Still no, cracking. So that year, when Vegas, so it was Vegas. Jordy, want one? The Maple Leaves. Washington. And who else? Probably your Bruins. No, someone who hadn't been there in forever. The Oilers. No. Who was it that year? Oh, by the way, did you see the hockey playoffs start August first? Yeah. They're playing in Edmonton, and they're playing in Red Sox. Uh, well, opening nights, opening days today. Um, they're playing. Was it Edmonton? And what was the other one? Is it Toronto? And the and the Stanley Cup is going to be in Edmonton. Yeah, it's all Canadian cities, right? Because they Which don't I have like, was, any corona up there. Is that why it was? Because I was surprised because I thought they were going to be all U.S. cities because of travel bans and restrictions, but it sounds like they got a special exemption. Jordy, these are called high noon sun sips or hard seltzer made with real vodka and real juice. Melon? They have watermelon and black cherry. I only drink the grapes when I have to You want a sip of one? You want a sip of one? I a girl. This is watermelon. I have grapefruit. Okay, Washington played Vegas, but it was Toronto and who else? Oh, relax, Jordy. It's so flavorful. There you go. Who was it? Who was it? Who are you talking about? Toronto, Vegas, Washington, and who else? Oh, you're talking about East Coast. You're talking about East Coast? Oh, National Predators. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Boom, 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 boom. PK, PK, PK. Sorry. It's about the only uh, guy I know in Toronto. Yes, it was. Okay, boom. The Thrashers. Um, no, not Thrashers. But anyway, that was no, that predators. was my favorite year that I've been paying attention to hockey. 
that was my favorite Stanley Cup year, and my team wasn't even in it. Are you a true fan? Really not. Okay, so I was raised a Bruins fan. However, I really am not a huge fan of their, like, all-stars. Chara, I think he needs to retire. Big dude. I think he'd be a great coach. But, but like, what about get Patty off B? the ice. Bergeron's obviously great. Marshawn, he's like one of those guys. You love him if he plays with you. You hate him if he Is doesn't. he still on the team? Yeah. He, I like yeah. Marshawn. Um, Is Marshawn a little guy, like a little rough guy? Like yeah, but one wheel? that like licks people. Oh, you got to do what you got to do. Mike no, Tyson no. bit an ear off. So. No, no. I like Kevin Miller, and he's like my favorite Bruin. But anywho, I mean, was raised to hate Montreal. Go Habs, go. Still do. But that was my favorite Stanley Cup year because I was so happy for Ovechkin that he finally won it. Oh, so you weren't rooting for the, the, the Las Vegas Knights. No, but I thought it was cool as being like the new team on the block. But, they, but that's like that's like winning a Super Bowl in your like rookie season of football and being like, oh, I've just like accomplished whatever y'all like yo, Dan Marino, oh but I'm bad, you never won one. Like I, I still think it's cool. Toronto hadn't been there in forever. Nashville was a relatively new team as well. Yeah, they well, yeah, yeah. At the time they were still pretty new. It's kinda like the was the bunch of them came out, like the Thrashers, the Blue Jackets, Nashville, they all like all these southern teams yeah. came out one shot. Well, and the same thing with Washington. I've always been a fan of TJ Oshie after he played in the Olympics for the United States team. Shootout I, King. I sat in my college dorm room with my friend Katie. Um, was that the 14 or 10 Olympics? 14. 14. They won it, right? The gold? Or was that the semis? Over COVID, they played the 2010 he, he one again. He had a shootout against <laughs> Russia, whatever <laughs> they're called. But And they sent, they sent Oshie out for every single shootout. <laughs> opportunity so i fell in love with him then he's also beautiful and has a gorgeous family but dm him yet no okay i don't do that shoot your shot no miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take listen i'm not a fool i know i know what these what these hoes out here look like yeah shoot your shot instagram girls like average people can't compete meg's still over here sipping a high noon and she won't dm davy davy d davy p i mean no, but I tagged him in my Instagram story. Proud of him. With you, Cav, and Sunsips. So. What happens if I would have sent him one of my Kavanaugh shirts from the unboxing? Imagine if you would have put my hat on for one of the unboxings. It's a pretty cool jersey. We're talking about Seattle Kraken. They have very, Honestly, very, very uh, Seattle Sounders and very Seattle Seahawks colors. Like They like that like ocean and that yeah. like dark bluish. I went to a Sounders game when I was out there. It was a lot of fun. Um, I went, I'm disappointed in the logo, though. I thought it was going to be way cooler. Let me see the, the logo again. It's kind of like a script, like an old school scripted S. It's an, it's an S. It's a Seattle. Oh, that's a video. Sorry. The uh, let me see the kit, the sweater. I don't mind it. It kind of looks like oh, they made it look like a little seahorse. Yeah, but like Kraken's supposed to be like a scary. Jordy spoke Kraken. Keep going. Yeah. What? what? It's that's a how, it's, it's a type of rum. That's how she knows. That's how you knew it? <laughs> Look at that smirk. I was like, spell Kraken. I'm like, C-R-A-C-K-I-N. G. Kraken. Kraken. A Kraken? Okay, did you, ever, did you ever watch Pirates of the Caribbean? Come on. I, no, I did. I, there's like six, ep- there's six of them, you know? Okay, but you know when, I, they, I, I when Davy original. Jones... I watched the original. Davy Jones, they do the, the, the twirly thing on... And like they, they turn this thing on the ship and they release the Kraken. And it's like a giant squid, basically. Oh. That's what a Kraken is. So, when so I'm start mad that the Seattle Sounders logo isn't a squid and it looks like a Imagine seahorse. if it was just like a big octopus. Like, that'd be pretty cool. I know things. Oh, Jordy. 
Although, you, you spelt it so wrong that you spelt it right. If that makes sense. Because you're like, you're like Kraken. K-R-A-K-N? Are you? But the Red Wings. E-N? The Red Wings are called, like they. They throw squids out. Yeah. I've never understood that whatsoever. But that's probably why they didn't do the squid with the Sounders. is because Or the, the Kraken. Because. Imagine when they play each other and someone throws a squid out and someone throws octopus. And you're just like, ah, tentacles. <laughs> okay. Hockey. We're talking about Kraken. Hockey. Go Habs, go. Playoffs start August 1st, first day of Major League Baseball, because Jordy is going to edit this and put it out tonight. Yes, okay. So the, the playoff, uh, the first, I just found out about this today. Major League Baseball is doing a 60-game sprint to the playoffs. Yeah. I know. So you guys shaking your heads like, you know, I don't, I don't check baseball. I should. Um, waiting for the Expos to come back. And then um, hockey playoffs start August 1st, only playing in Canada, but they have games at like noon. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. Live games. Also, best thing about fall sports, one of the best things about fall sports, besides the fact that NFL games will not have fans, which I wanted to go to the uh, Giants-Buccaneers um, game because I want to see Brady play, but um, is that golf canceled one of their majors already, but three are still left, and we are in July. That means, I think, September, October, and August, September, and November are the golf majors this year. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride in the fall. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pretend I didn't see Jordy's eye roll. We got to end there. I got to go to an appointment. Uh, Meg, always proud of you. Episode 79. Anything else you want to add? No. Go okay. cracking. 79. We out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.